This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And welcome to another edition of the Spoiler Room. And uh, today we've got new blood in the Spoiler Room. Uh, first off, I'd like to introduce our new member, uh, Gabe from Stuffed Burrito Entertainment. Gabe, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. And uh, do not attempt to adjust your settings. This is my natural voice. It's a little insane. Uh it's debatable whether I'm a human being or an alien, but, uh, you know. <laughs> keep keep them guessing, Gabe. Just keep them guessing. Yes, yes. Well, uh, thank you for having me. I, I'm, I've listened to quite a few of these, and I love how you guys just really get into these movies. It's a lot of fun. I'm so happy to actually be here. So thank you, Mark. And thank you guys for having me. Oh, you... You bet, Gabe. Uh, yeah. glad, glad to have you here. And uh, returning again to the room is uh, Mr. Joe Caldwell. How are you, sir? All right. How are you guys doing? Happy good. to be back. Uh, good to have you in here. And we have our spoiler room regular, Mr. Paul Salzar. Paul, how are you, sir? Oh, I can't hear you. We... How about that? Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I'm good. It's magic. It's magic. It's the bow tie, right? You get, it's you get, the magic of the bow tie. Yes, you get the red bow tie tonight. Uh, and finally, but not least, what spoiler room would be uh, complete without Mr. Tony Estrada, Tiger Power? Tony, how are you tonight, sir? I am consciousness. I am alive. I'm doing fucking great, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And yes, tonight's uh, main topic is going to be Chappie. We're going to talk about this rather debated and uh, uh, not controversial film, but really a, a, a dis- divi- divided, I will say, amongst the critics, amongst the YouTube reviewers, as well as those critics out there as well. Uh, and we're going to talk about Chappie tonight. But first, before we do that, I want to cover a headline quick that just broke today. Apparently, folks, they are setting up a Ghostbusters cinematic universe, and they're going to do a male-themed Ghostbusters movie to go along with the female-led Ghostbusters movie, and it's going to be produced, the male one is going to be produced by Mr. Channing Tatum Tatum Channing. Gabe, since you're new here, let's get your opinion first. What the heck, man? I blame Marvel. What's going on? (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I thought the whole point of doing the reboot with the women was to change it up. You know, get, uh, you know, take an old, uh, an old classic and much loved series and change it up a bit. Uh, you know, bring in fresh ideas and and let the ladies have their shine. You know, and and I was all for it. I was like, yes, I like Melissa McCarthy. Uh, I like the rest of the cast. Yeah, I, I was I was excited for it, but now it's like <laughs> all these guys, including the big, strong, macho, and sexy Channing Tatum, they're one of the still their thunder. And it's like I just I think it's wrong, it's unnecessary, but I'm probably still gonna see it because you know it, it, it'll probably have a good trailer. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Joe, what about you? The cinematic. Ghostbusters universe, really? I could, I could care less. I, 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 I get, I'm a weird kid, I guess. I, I mean, I like Ghostbusters when it first came out, but uh, you know, beyond that, I'm like, eh, 
I'm not really. I don't. I they, they could have went forever and not made one, and I would have been happy. I know sounds like sacrilege. Apparently, it's real popular uh, <laughs> with the kids and everything, but uh, I don't know. I, I I I've never liked horror comedy, and probably as far back as that movie, I never really liked it. So mm-hmm. I know I'm just talking out my ass, and you know people are gonna be mad, but. No, not I'm at not all. I'm not a Ghostbusters fan, really. I don't really. So I personally don't care. I think Channing Tatum is probably too good to be a Ghostbuster, though. Wait, too good? <laughs> did, did you just <laughs> did you just put the words "good" and Channing Tatum too, together too in the same sentence? What? Is it okay. going to be part dog? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Paul, what about you? A cinematic Ghostbusters universe? I really think they should wait until the one movie is out before they <laughs> announce another one. Yeah. Uh, and th- the thing that's also confusing me is the Russo brothers. That's yeah. weird. Is this going to be an action film then, or what? <laughs> well, it's got Channing Tatum in it, so you know it's going to probably have more action in it. I would suspect. So long as they don't pair him up with Kunis again, <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I don't. Yeah, I think as long as he's not stripping in it either. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, he's saving that for his Magic Mike XXL or XXXXL, whatever movie he's making where he's stripping now. Uh, Tony, what about you? Male-led Ghostbusters right after they talked about, hey, we're going to do a female Ghostbusters. Well, I think a female Ghostbusters one has been a pretty good idea. I don't know if I'm a fan of the project um, happening, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all like, okay, this is fine. I'm willing to give a female Ghostbusters a chance, but the fact that they want to set up uh, Ghostbusters universe, and yet they already set up another one for these men and possibly uh, like two in the same year I think it's all like it really is not necessary it's it just feels like another cash grab and it's just all like oh just because all the females get to do it that means let's have a men versus women competition because the females can't have their own spotlight so yeah unnecessary personally I blame Marvel Marvel with all these cinematic universes. Yeah, that's, it's going to people's heads, Mark. <laughs> I, I, I just posted. I just posted on uh, on the We Live Film Chat Facebook group, though Facebook group. I'm like, okay, if we're gonna do this, let's do a Verhoeven cinematic universe where we have we have the Roughnecks with uh, the Lieutenant uh, with the Ironsides Lieutenant Robocop out of cryogenic freeze, and Quaid. Mr. Quaid, Douglas Quaid, uh, together to fight the bugs, a robot with the AI of Clarence Bodiger, and the evil twin of the lieutenant from the Roughnecks named Richter, because Ironside played both of them, so he's the evil twin. So we have those forces fighting together. It's going to be R, yes. <laughs> and lots of or blood. better yet. Yeah, how are you going to fit Channing Tatum into that? That's what I want to know. How, how do you fit Channing Tatum? We don't. But you have to. It seems like it's part of the – he's going to be part of the Marvel – no, he's going to be part of the X-Men universe, right? Okay, you know what? He We'll bring him back as Quid Ho, and he can have the extra basket case guy <laughs> attached to him. There we go. Hey, watch so. out. Watch out for this news, you guys. We might get a My Little Pony cinematic universe. Ah. <laughs> yeah. wow. There'll probably be some people happy about that. You, you had to go there, didn't you, Tony? You, yep, I did. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so we all feel kind of the same way. You, are, you were, gonna have two, are you going to have two separate themes? You know, one guy, uh, John Legend, the other guy, Christina Aguilera? I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I think the, the Russo brother thing trips me out, too. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not going sure where they're going with this. I, I personally think uh, that they're trying to, like you said, cash grab, uh, trying to be like a Marvel universe. Everybody's trying to be like them now. Going, oh hey, we can do all these cinematic universes, and you know the, what? I, I, please stop, okay? The EPA is Hydra. That's what oh, it is. <laughs> Would you I think? I actually wonder if this male version is like a plan B. Because you know what? It is a known fact, and it's sad that a lot of like action films and, and, and franchise or would be franchises, they fail when women take the lead, which is really sad, and it has me upset. So I wonder if they're like, well, we'll let the boys uh, bring in the box office uh, numbers. I, I, I just, I wonder if that's what it is, a, a plan B. Or if it's just simply, you know, stealing the lady's thunder. You know, it's just... You know, I, I, had, I, had that I had that same thought, Gabe, because when they announced the cast it, uh, for the female one, it wasn't exactly well-received by anybody. There wasn't really a whole lot of, oh, my God, they picked these people. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh. So I that's what I felt almost with this, is like they suddenly lost confidence in a female-led Ghostbusters, which is a shame, because I'm all for it. I'm all for more uh, female-led movies, action movies. and should have been Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been the Ghost Hunter, the head Ghost Hunter. Yeah, but, Liam Neeson's going to have implanted breasts to be that. No, he should come back and he should be Bill Murray and one of the woman's fathers, and then oh wow, in like that where he's like the master ghost hunter. But, but I will you know, track you. It, it does to the other side. It <laughs> almost it almost feels like they lost confidence in the female-led Ghostbusters, unfortunately. And by doing them both, it's going to take resources away from one of them. And you know which one, unfortunately, like Gabe said, unfortunately, you know which one it's probably going to take away from, which is very sad, which is a whole other podcast about the state of gender issues in Hollywood, which we could go on about. Which... Well, you could argue, too, though, that uh, Channing Tatum's like a woman drop because, you know, he did have Magic Mike was successful. Mm. And I mean, I mean, you could so you could argue it's not really it's kind of like a hedge on the bet. But if maybe they're going to go for the female crowd with the. Yeah, but even even his female draw did not save GI Joe. So let's go. Let's just look at that, okay? But they didn't give him much time in that. GI Joe. Oh yeah, GI Joe. Okay. <laughs> no, you couldn't get a you couldn't get a woman into GI Joe. I mean, worst Duke yeah. ever. Yes. <laughs> but so we're all agree on this. I don't know. I it's like eh, I I was excited about the female led Ghostbusters. This one I'm like. Yeah, you guys are showing that you don't have confidence in your female Ghostbusters movie, and hopefully it doesn't take away their resources from the female one and then promoting that one versus promoting the all-guy one, which will be... And the whole thing of them like not bringing back the original guys, I mean, mm -hmm. I know not all of them are alive, but... That is like so stupid. Because that's the type of franchise where you want to bring back like Bill Murray, or I mean, if you can't bring him back, you should just like throw in the towel because right. I mean, well, he's such an icon. I mean, like if you can't have him in it for at least a cameo, it's like having Star Trek without Leonard Nimoy. You know, it's like <laughs> he's got to appear someplace along one of those two movies. I mean, well, that's what does you know. That's why I was so behind the female-led Ghostbusters was because exactly. that's a way you can get away with not having the original cast back yeah. by having the female-led Ghostbusters because by doing that, you can just reference 
the guys and just, you know, I mean, it's it's a cheap way, but it's still a more acceptable way going, oh, we're the West Coast Ghostbusters versus East Coast Ghostbusters, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the female led group is, you know, just a different group of Ghostbusters fighting, you know, possibly within that same world. But to do another male one, well, now you get into, well, we already had that. And where are the original guys? You're, you're going to be. You're going to be looking for that, you know, and if they don't pick the right male leads for it, uh, you know, that male one's just going to be painful, I think. <laughs> it's going to be Ghostbusters Civil War. Ghostbusters <laughs> <laughs> Civil War. Um, so we'll put this baby to bed for now, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not looking. You know, we'll have to see the trailers and stuff, of course, obviously, but and we'll end up probably going to see it. But I just think it takes away the thunder from, like Gabe said, takes away the thunder from the female one, because now you've gone from oh, doing something kind of fresh and original to well, we've got fresh and original, but we're also doing standard here remake as well. So. It's got to be homogenized. I mean, they, it's going to make it so. I mean. They're yeah. gonna kill it. They're gonna kill it. And make sure. I mean, that's a certainty. Something's yeah. gonna be killed. Yeah. <laughs> one of them. One of them will not survive. Uh, <laughs> so, moving on then tonight to the main topic, uh, a, a film that has caused a lot of surprise and uh, debate. And so tonight we're gonna talk about a film, Neil Blomkamp's Chappie, his latest film to hit this big screen this last weekend. A lot of mixed reviews about it, but I have a feeling the way uh, some people in the room are uh, going to feel about it. Uh, so again, we're going to start with Gabe. Gabe, initial reactions after you saw Chappie. Well, first of all, I want to let you guys know, uh, well, some of you already know, but I am not a very critical person. I go to see movies to be entertained, to have fun, to forget about my boring ass life. So, with Chappie, uh, I'm not the, the kind of person also that, you know, oh, I don't want to know what kind of reviews it's getting. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't care. But for this movie, for some reason, I didn't even focus. I didn't know any reviews. And I saw it earlier. I went with... um. Movie Man Chad, he got uh, he got us a couple of passes to go see an early screening, and uh, I was excited. So I go to see the movie. I'm entertained. I I'm enjoying it. Uh, the movie got a little clunky towards the end. Actually, got very clunky towards the end, and it, it did have a lot of issues that I as I'm watching it, I'm entertained and I'm like, eh, but that that's not right. That's not right. But yet, by the time it was done, and, you know, within the few minutes that it took for me and Chad to walk to the car where we shot a review for we listen, um, I ended up just enjoying it. You know, I, I, it, my initial reaction was I enjoyed it. I had fun. I loved the visual style of it. I mean, it's Neil Count, Count, whatever. He, um... You know, I, I love his style. I like Elysium. I love District 9. So, initially, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't until I got home and I started seeing the reviews, and I'm like, what the hell? Really? <laughs> I was, it caught me off guard because I thought I saw a pretty good movie um, with some problems, sure. But overall, I enjoyed it. Okay, great to hear. And, uh, 
Uh, we'll jump over. Paul, what were your initial feelings right after you saw Chappie? Well, uh, just to give you kind of a little background, when I went into the film, I actually thought it was going to be a modern take on Short Circuit 2. <laughs> well, it did, really kind of look, did. it did look that way, didn't it? Yeah. It did. And it, I mean, they had they had the you know they had the person with the accent. They had you know they had the gang and and, and all the gang lingos. And I, I, I thought it was going to be watching that, but when I did watch the movie, it converted me. I absolutely loved it. And then when I came home and I read the reviews that people gave it, and I said, I basically shout at shouted at my computer and said you reviewers didn't get the movie. <laughs> it wasn't about the robot, which is what I originally, you know, I was guilty of sure. it going into it the first time, but it wasn't about the, the robot. It was about humanity, and I loved the movie because of that. Excellent. And, uh, Joe, what about you? Right after credits rolled, how, how did you feel about the film? Um, well, I didn't understand why everybody was bitching. <laughs> That's for one thing. I was like, I was like, pretty damn good movie for the price of admission. I mean, you consider the movie's based on a robotic character that's all CGI, and the entire time the character is believable. The CGI is, I would say, flawless, pretty much. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't. I watch a lot of CGI crap. I didn't detect any issues with it really. Um, you know, in the aspects of the film. They're like arguable. I don't know if uh, a lot of people didn't get the antwerp, the idea of what they were supposed to be or whatever. It's a little bit over people's heads, I think, including mine. But um, I don't know if Blancamp knew how it was going to work actually either. But I appreciate the fact that he did it because kind of it's kind of like a cool thing, you know, the throwback sci-fi with like the big band in it, sort of. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I I, I kind of like I, I'm focusing on the black sheep thing. That's the thing that keeps because. Everybody's complaining, oh, DeAntwort sucked, DeAntwort, you know, they're, you couldn't root for them, they were bad guys, you know, I, I wanted Hugh Jackman to kill them, I, you know, I heard one reviewer saying he wanted Hugh Jackman to kill them, which, you know, I would say too if I really didn't like the film, but I was like, that kind of shows what the person was thinking, I mean, and I think mm -hmm. that's how, what the movie was trying to, you know, you have the military industrial complex represented by Jackman, and then you have... Uh, the underlings, the black sheep, the, you know, people that aren't taken seriously, and it's not that they're good guys or bad guys, but... You know, I, I don't think the point was whether they're good guys or bad guys. The thing is that whether you like them or not, life exists uh, that you might not like. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and and then the whole AI thing, the way they worked it in, I mean, the idea that an AI could be raised by someone less than a scientist, I thought was kind of cool. I mean, you know, the, because it's always in a lab and, and then, you know, like, it's the lab. And then this was a little bit different take on that thing. I mean, I'm not saying it was like the freshest ideas in the world, but some of the angles I think he took on the ideas, and then the Diane words like colorful lifestyle clashing with the mechanized, mm -hmm. uh, post-industrial type look to it. I, I liked all that stuff. I like. I'm a big fan of Blomkamp's other films. I, I was really pop. I really liked Elysium, which you know I'm in the minority on that one also. So, <laughs> and I thought this film was a lot more grounded, a lot more. Probably child friendly. I mean, they could have probably even cut out some of the death scenes, made them a little tamer, and made it PG thirteen. Because I know you, mean you were talking about that, Mark. I thought it was PG thirteen going into it. I don't follow the. You know, much, you know, you know, it is funny. This is the first film I thought about, and usually I'm against PG thirteen, but this is the first film I thought about going. You know, you could have made this PG thirteen and not lost a thing with it. You, you, you know, <laughs> you, you really could, but. I know why he went R, and uh, we can talk about that a little more in a, a little bit. But uh, 
Tony, what about you? Initial when the credits boom, Tony, how did you feel with Chappie? <clears throat> well, first off, I do want to say that I love District 9. I know it's cliche to say at this point, but I do really love that movie. <clears throat> and then I did like Elysium, a movie I know was very controversial, but I did like that movie, even with the issues that it had. But I have to be honest, I was really disappointed with the movie Chappie. Oh, okay. Now, I don't think it's as bad as the reviews made it out to be. There was definitely a good amount for me to actually take from Chappie. There was definitely good aspects to it. But at the same time, I just thought it got really clunky, and I didn't, I didn't like how it focused on the gangster stealing Chappie instead of focusing more on, like, Deb, Patel, and Chappie's little back and forth. Like, there was a back and forth between them, but I felt like it was more focused on on these gangsters teaching Chappie to just, you know, do crime instead of focusing more on the inner humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was kind of, like, bummed by the movie. Didn't hate it, but, you know, it was very mixed with me. And see, there you go, folks. He thought this was going to be a complete Chappie love fest, and we have Tony Estrada yeah, here yeah, to help that's good. Keep, a, keep a perspective <laughs> on things. So uh, not a bad thing at all, Tony. No, I, I completely can see... Where, where you're coming from. For me, the only the feeling that I had with it was I, I felt that it was a little clunky near the end. I still really enjoyed it. I got what he was going for. Uh, what it felt like to me, though, was almost like Neil's like, I'm not going to make any more films, so I'm going to try to shove every idea I can into this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, and that's not bad. There are great ideas. Uh, but it was like, wow, you could almost make one, or, you know, a couple more films out of the stuff that have come up in this movie. Uh, you know, w between the, between the, uh, and yes, this is a spoiler room, folks. We are going to talk in depth the details, so prepare yourself. Uh, between the consciousness uploading part <clears throat> to the military part to the infant being raised by gang part. I mean, there are so many themes that he drops in this film. You could almost make a whole other film you know, to help explore some of these or flesh these out. What I was going to say about the, a lot of people are taking offense to that part, which I heard, heard in a couple of reviews, is the fact that I couldn't root for Diane where, you know, the idea that the gangsters are raising him is just like, but I mean, what happens if AI was created by someone that wasn't all nice or what happens if it did fall into someone's hands? And I think the thing they were trying to show was that even though he had like, you know, like the mindset of a child or an adolescent, maybe like a young adult by the end of the movie, he had already eclipsed those people's thought process. I mean, he was like, they couldn't convince him to kill somebody. They still couldn't do that. Right. I mean, already off the bat, he was already, and I think Blancamp was showing like how he was showing even like both angles of humans, the military industrial complex, and then, you know, the thugs and all that or whatever. I think he showed that the robot might bring some reason to the whole thing, you know? I don't know if you got because he no matter what he was even though he was instructed by a human to do that he was very gentle you know he didn't he never wanted to hurt someone really and then he was just being manipulated you know that that's what was a big theme in the movie I thought was manipulation of all different sorts you know exactly you know see that's actually what I liked about the movie I liked that it, it wasn't this tender story between uh, the scientist and and this robot I liked that these gangsters jacked them basically and look I am actually biased too because I'm a big fan of Die Antwood so and I know their style I know their music they're, they're effed up 
Um, but I love I love the 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 music and everything, and they are basically just playing themselves. But um, I like that they I don't know, they brought this this level of chaos into Chappie's life, and you know with all this crazy stuff going down, uh, Chappie like you said Chappie still knew it was wrong to kill. He couldn't kill, and so. It actually kind of, uh, you know, I don't know if you can, you know, obviously Chappie developed, mm-hmm. but the gangsters, in a little, in a little, little bit, they kind of developed themselves. Um, yeah. Well, they, I don't know, I'm, I'm the no, at first, well, the way I saw it was they saw Chappie as a weapon at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously. Exactly. And the only one that didn't see him as a weapon was the, the, uh, you know, uh, Yolandi, uh, the girl. And then uh, the idea that by the end they had respected him almost like a family member, even though they were gangbanger type guys, they still had like a family ide- unit idea. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, that's what I was saying. Maybe me and Gabe like Diane were better if he's were from the West Coast. <laughs> and like, some regret, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I can understand kind of what Diane Ward does. I mean, it's like a, it's almost like a satire level gang thing, you know, like a South African gang thing. From what I understand reading about them, I'm not a big fan, but I, I like the idea that they played with the whole manipulation thing. Because if it right. would have been a good guy trying to protect them all the time, that would have been stupid. I think, I mean, in, in, there's a clip out there with Blancap actually saying, I had an idea where what happens if this robot got raised by this crazy band? So he was actually inspired by the band. And then so people are complaining, oh, Diane, we're too much in the movie. I'm like, but that's like the whole inspiration for the movie, you know. It's right. but it, and it also shows the aspects of uh, nature versus uh, nurture type of uh, that that dynamic, and I think that was important to show that because, like you said, it it proved or um, it proves that uh, because Chappie was able to not kill, even though he was raised in this environment of killing. Yeah. It just shows that that you know that nurturing and and uh, the nature are all still there, and it is part of being a human, even though Chappie is not human to begin with. Well, let's take this a little bit further. See, we're digging deep, and people I don't think are, are thinking this level, but he doesn't kill not necessarily because it's right or wrong. He gave his word to his creator. Now we're dealing with faith here, folks. We've got a child who's raised on faith, and so he promises his creator to take the commandment of basically of not – I mean, that's what we're going – am I going too deep, Tony? No, no, no. I would say that's the one thing I would blame Blancamp for is sometimes he's a little heavy-handed with stuff. Like Elysium was real heavy-handed, you know what I mean? It was like so clear what was going on, you know. Oh, you know, this, you know, the the healthcare crap and all that. It was a little heavy. And and parts of this movie felt slightly heavy-handed, but I think it was entertaining, you know. It's like something people complain it's like short circuit, but a lot of people aren't going to ever see short circuit. They might see this movie and it might – Interest them in AI and all these types of things. You know? Would you say, Tony, that uh, he maybe was pushing that, uh, addressing faith a little bit there? Because he comes up with the guy saying, I'm his creator. And even at that point, he gets upset because Chappie isn't doing what he vowed or had him promise to do. Do you think he's trying to touch on faith there a little bit, Tony? <clears throat> yeah, um, when I'm looking back at it, in a way, I could see... Neil Blomkamp trying to go for that because like what you said with uh, with the creator, you know, he was telling Chappie, 
promise me that you're not going to follow these gangsters' lifestyles. He's trying to teach him to be right and wrong, uh, follow his own subconscious. So, yeah, I think um, I think that's what he was going for, well, for what I from as I'm looking back at the movie. And and you've got you've got our scientist who again we. You know, I think it's a culture thing, and, and I want to get your guys' opinion because I mentioned it on, on the We Live Film podcast recently. I think this is a culture thing because Neil Blomkamp is not from the U.S., and anybody who watches enough foreign cinema knows those movies are made from a different perspective. This film is not made from a U.S. perspective. Therefore, your characters, your story, even your story structure isn't exactly going to be your normal follow formula with having a character you're going to cheer for. The only person you really need to care about is humanity and Chappie, really. That's part of the reason I suspect it's heavy-handed because, you know, it makes the dubbing into other countries' languages a lot easier, I'm sure, because the, as long as the themes are, like, super present, the language isn't going to matter as much, you know what I mean? Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't know if that's, like uh, – I mean, I, I think I'm not going to give Neil Blomkamp all free cards and say that, you know, it was a no. masterpiece because there was right. definitely some rush scenes. There was definitely some problems. But, I mean, the whole exploration of all the stuff he explored, it comes on kind of heavy-handed. But I think it's just supposed to, make, you know, supposed to make you ask questions about yourself. You know, like a young kid, if they're watching that, you know, the way the robot gets scared of dying and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I mean, that was the actual thing. All living things fear is dying. Mm -hmm. So once he existed, he feared not existing. And that, that adds to the whole religion thing, too, because yeah. because of his immortality, uh, he basically turns on his own creator and says, why did you make me this way if you're going yeah. to, you know, why build us such a fragile body? And then he starts to doubt his maker, and then ultimately that leads to his maker's death. And at the very end, <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah, he, yeah. Chappie remakes his god in his own image. <laughs> Religion. I think that's the right part there. a lot of people are missing about the movie. The, the end of the movie, people are like, oh, it's dumb. But I was like, it, there's a lot of like irony and stuff at the end of that film. Like the way Hugh Jackman was afraid that of Chappie, right? But basically he created the vice that Chappie re-engineered to, mm -hmm. to his ultimate, to actually transcend himself. And I, I, I kept thinking about that. I was like, I think they were trying to show like how fast he was advancing without throwing it in your face. He's, you know, he went from building the PS4 supercomputer. And right away, he had that idea. Once he learned what the internet was, he, you know, started downloading uh, diagrams and everything. He learned the weakness on this, the, the, uh, you know, the moose, and he did all that stuff. He, he basically had took both creators' work and like jumped it to the next level. I thought it was funny that he used Hugh Jackman's creation though to. <laughs> ultimately him. transcend himself and become I, I love that scene when Hugh Jackman did the sign of the cross <laughs> he was like, showed that he was literally scared of him he was like oh. Hugh Jackman was a little over the top he was doing his like Broadway sort of like overkill which, but it worked really well you know I was like uh, Hugh Jackman was a representative of the right wouldn't you say Gabe like yeah. <laughs> extreme <laughs> he had the football like the rugby ball <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of Hugh Jackman's? And, and I, I think I, I think Joe's onto something. I, would you say maybe Neil was a little bit over the top and blatant and direct with his message, so that it would get through to more than just one audience, so that the themes would be more understandable to 
more cultures, would you say that, Gabe, that maybe Neil was going for that? I'm starting to think that. I'm starting to, to listen to listening to what you guys are saying. Yeah, actually, I, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I I think I missed a lot. I, I think I missed a lot of points <laughs> in this movie. I just literally enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I hear you guys saying what you're saying, it's like you know, it makes sense. And obviously, you know, other people are missing the point. Uh, and they're not even you know enjoying the movie, which I don't really understand. But um, yeah, with Jackman's character, I honestly, I, I wish they would have focused a little more on that character because mm-hmm. I really ha- had no idea on what his motives were. I right. knew he was the villain, you know, the antagonist, but I didn't even know why. To right. me, it just seemed like he was just upset because, you know, his robot failed and this geeky scientist's robot was, was you know, it, it, became, it became half the police force. And I, I, he almost felt like a little baby, you know, like, I'm robot. I don't like you, robot. Um, but now that you, you mentioned that, yeah, you know, you know, he's, he's got that whole, you got this heathen, you, uh, everything with him is got this, got that. Um, See, so yeah, I think, I think that one of the problems I have with the movie for sure is that they didn't really give uh, Jackman enough depth. But the fact that you guys are able to pick up on what it, what he represents, what he represented, and the uh, the represent, the the tone and what the tone represents, right? Then, uh, you, it, it's something to think about, you know. What did you guys think of the scene where he uh, basically assaulted him in the office cubicle? <laughs> I mean, that was like the one scene where I was like, I was like, see that that scene didn't make much sense, and then I was like, maybe right. it's a different culture thing down there. He was already carrying a firearm, I mean, on his side all the time. And I was like, I mean, I know things are different down there, you know, a little slightly more hostile, I'm sure. But uh, I was like, I don't think you, like, in a technical office that level, you could get away. I don't know. I was just, I was just like cheering the whole time, all like, "Go, Chappie, you beat the shit out of you!" <laughs> I almost thought that he was gonna take Jackman and put him over his knee and start striking him. Instead, he's like, he's lifting him up and down and throwing him on the ceiling and pushing him to the wall. That was, that That's was great. Cool, yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. T- Tony, was that one of your problems too? Though, is that Hugh Jackman wasn't developed? Quite enough. I mean, we. I mean, it's obvious what what he was supposed to represent. But would you have liked to see more of his character develop? <clears throat> In terms of character developed, um, yeah, I would like to see a little more. But um, you know, the funny thing is, the reviews say how he's barely in the movie, and I actually thought he was in the movie quite enough. So, like, mm-hmm. he's in the movie enough for me to like get behind his character. And I mean, I know I'm gonna sound like a cold, cold-hearted asshole here, but. <laughs> I care more about him than I did the fucking gangsters. I'm sorry. What? Like, that finale when he was shooting them, I'm all like, okay, Hugh, you were that keep, guy. keep shooting them. Just don't just don't shoot Dev Patel and Chappie, but the others, yeah. <laughs> was, not, was, was the moose not, like, a badly designed, like, piece of machinery, though? That was a on, badly... I think he should have had more, like, visual sensors or something. I'm like, Chappie disabled it with, like, a, a knife with a bomb tattoo, and then I was like... I, I was like, no wonder Hugh Jackman sucked because yeah, that well, sucked. I mean, it was just like that—that's the one thing is that uh, I think that was the point though was the fact that 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 was a failed yeah. attempt. It was a failed robot, and you see why it was failed because it was all uh, it was all attack 
no defense with the mule, yeah. if you notice. The, well, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the chappy bots, if you look, were actually thought of more of defense than attack because in the beginning you have the chappies blocking bullets for the human cops. You have them being able to have fairly easy replaceable parts. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they had heavy armor. You know, they were made for defense and and Hughes was all attack, so it had nothing as far as backups or anything. Except for the neural about, network, except for the neural network, which yes. is the part that they stole from Firefox, but then Chappie stole it to make himself free. So that's. I was like, I they should have explained. I don't think Hugh Jackman was smart enough to make that neural net thing. I was like, I don't know. Like, no, he he had he had he had people who made that for him. I think. <laughs> I agree with Gabe his motives could have been better but I thought overall for a villain I was a little like damn he's a pretty intimidating antagonist well yeah and he well, doesn't have superpowers like Magneto or anything he's just a normal human being that's true well, ex except for that vein I think that vein needed its own credit the way it stuck out in his arm um, oh, that's true. <laughs> no, that mullet was badass though that mullet was badass <laughs> But I, the, his cackling at the end when he was, like, trying to kill them, he was, like, cackling. That was awesome. And the one thing – let me throw this by you guys. This is a negative. Nobody detected him in that building uploading that software. I mean, that was a military protection firm, and they didn't have cameras on the inside. They showed cameras literally on the outside recording stuff because they showed angles from the cameras. But they never <laughs> saw him uploading the negative software to the thing. I'm – Dude, I mean, I guess that's like something that wasn't resolved. I was actually wondering that too, actually. Yeah. I'm like, they I had pretty poor defense in their own building. Yeah. But that's the they're thing. A lot, a lot of they're, they're getting donuts. They're getting donuts. <laughs> they're getting donuts. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know like they, they could at least show him disable some camera or something. You know what I mean? Right. I was kind of like, you got to remember that in in a in a corporation, this is this isn't really a military base. Yeah. This is a corporation, it and might they be just on the outside. They trust everybody inside. They don't trust anybody on the outside. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you could kind of write it off, like the fact that it's a yeah. you know, private corporation, and he was doing like scientific work. But I was like, yeah, you know, it seemed a little weird that a, a company with that high level of security wouldn't have, you know, yeah. Actually, <laughs> that's why I said Sipley's had the worst security in the world. Let's just face it, folks. It had a great lockdown system, but but again, it was a corporation. A lot of people forget this isn't a military base. They were a corporation, and so they thought from a business mm -hmm. angle, as long as their property was protected from the outside world, they figure every they are they are naive enough to figure no one inside is going to. I mean, let's face it. They, he pretty much was able to walk out with the programming thumb drive, well, and, he was and they just said, "Oh, just bring it back by the end of the night," you know. <laughs> and it was know? their two top guys, so yeah. I mean, you know, that kind of because, makes because it's a corporation. He's like borrowing the laptop for the evening. Hey, you just need to bring that sucker back before the end of the day, or we gotta start looking at it, you know. And well, no I was like, that was kind of the casual call. I'm like, that's like so if some dude ran off with like. That was in charge of the LAPD or something. He's like, yeah, you better bring it back or we're going to have to let someone know. You know? <laughs> Did you notice they only had the police one? force? And they only had one. They only had one. It's like their entire police force is like one thing. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you would think they would build some coding to like – if you took out one, you'd have to do something else to take out another one or something. But whatever, you know. I, that's why I said a lot of it was simplified. I think just to 
Because the story, because the if you think about it, it's pretty damn simple. I mean, yeah. dude, it's pretty it, simple it story. Is, it, is, it is simple, but as we're talking about it, like Gabe said, as you talk about it and look at some of the things he touches on, yeah. if you dig just a little bit below the surface, you can maybe see a lot deeper stuff well, going on in the film than what's presented visually. Well, I, mean, you just, you know, I, got, I got another one for you. Okay, what do what you got, Joe? What about the evil? Literally, literally, Hugh Jackman took him in a van and assaulted him. Like a kidnapper, I was like, that was so freaking cool. I mean, he literally <laughs> took him in a van, held him down, and like assaulted him. And then he—that's the scene, you know, where he another spoiler he cuts off his arm. And I was like, man, that would be like horrific. I mean, you know. And then that showed later too that he was a little bit more evolved because he basically just whooped Hugh Jackman's ass and you know considered that just or whatever. I guess <laughs> he had learned that on the internet, his probably moral code or something. I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, Tony, we know you didn't care about it too much, but uh, let's touch on the special effects a little bit. I, I got to agree. Out of sight of one shot with the moose, I got to say the the special fl- effects were flawless in this. Would you not agree for that at least? I mean, did you forget uh, that I have... Chappie was a, a fake, you know, a CGI? <clears throat> no, um, all the special effects, they look fantastic. One thing with Neil Blomkamp films, you know, whether I enjoy his movies like Elysium and District 9, and while I don't really enjoy it so much, like this one, for example, his visual effects to me are always going to be like perfection to me. I seriously have no complaints when it came to the visual effects. Whenever there's action going on, they all look just impressive to me. <laughs> Joe pops another one. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, what about, like we're gonna get shit done, bitch. What about you, Gabe? Uh, would you agree, Neil? At least visually, he's got probably some of the best special effects group. I don't know where he find these guys, but not only are they incredibly talented, but damn, can they work a budget? I yeah. mean, when this night came out, uh. Well, I think there was a Transformer movie out at the same time. There was mm-hmm. a Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3, which had, was, what, $250 million for a budget, and everybody looked like ragdolls in that piece of shit. But when he came out with District 9, which was only like $35 million, the, the motion capture alone was so on point that you would think that, Shit, I think these aliens are real. Yeah. Um, and and the same goes with Chappie. The movements, the the uh, interactions he had with everything were flawless. They look so, it looks so perfect. I mean, like I, if they had pasted um Shoto Copley's face on there, I would have been like, yeah, it's, it's Shoto Copley. I know, cause it just looks so <laughs> But just the atmosphere of it. The uh the background uh, that one shot I like is when uh Chappie is sitting right there on the hill and the little mm-hmm. dog comes to him and you look in the background it just looks it just it looks like if you freeze frame it I I would want to take that that screenshot and put that shit on my wall because it just looks <laughs> so so great so yeah the special effects were amazing and definitely um a, a, a big reason why I really was into this movie. Mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Joe? Special effects wise? Any yeah, I, I think it's second to none. I mean, they're pretty good. I don't, I don't. I think that's his strongest point in his movies. So, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if he supervises all the special effects himself or what he does to keep control, but yeah, I'm, pretty damn I'm not, good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure either. Uh, Paul, what about you? Anything to add or? Uh, 
Um, I thought it was, <laughs> I actually put this in my blog, I said it was polished in its grittiness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they did a good job of not making it super, super real or futuristic. They made it kind of look like realistic in, mm -hmm. in, in its grittiness. I also loved the last battle scene because it reminded me so much of Ghost in the Shell. It was like a big live action anime type of thing where you got the big robot and then you got the little robot and they're going <laughs> at it, each other. Yes. So to me it was it was just a fabulous display of what you could do with live action. Um, it, it almost made it feel like an anime to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh my god. That's I mean, that, that's the whole thing about Chappie. It was more like an animation job, you know. I mean, the yeah. way they did the special little ear, well, the ears are the obvious thing, but then the little mm -hmm. eye, eye changes and then the little things that flip around. I mean, they created a lot of motions. Everybody yeah. is doing the motions. You should see everybody. Yeah, he's moving his nose like he's coked out. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he don't have a nose, but he kept like doing the motion. Yeah. And, I mean, that, and then the voice acting too was really, I thought, outstanding. I mean, because he really oh, yeah. sounded kind of like a kid, you know. Yeah. I, I, the voice acting. Just uh, real, real quick. Anyone knows how stupid it was that that one gangster? Every time he spoke, he had subtitles. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I understood him. I think I think he needed uh, subtitles for Die Antler and even Hugh Jackman. But that one gangster, he spoke like a freaking uh, uh, a spelling bee champion. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of necessary for me because there were some parts I'm like, what the in the hell is that dude singing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, we're going to go up inside this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he was talking so fast. The, the actions were a little bit thick, but again, it, this is an international film. This isn't a, yeah. a U.S. film, and that's what I like about it, too, was – was the fact this is you know a not it does not take place in a familiar U.S. city, uh, you know I mean that's what I loved about District Nine, and, and uh, that's what I liked about this as well. Uh, you know it's, uh, but for me, you know I I just I I really enjoyed this film and as more we talk about it, uh, Chappie I had to look to see if it was at any point an oh, animatronic or if they actually built Chappie. I mean, that's how good the special effects were. Yeah. I mean, I kept looking. I'm like, how, 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 you know? I mean, here you have, like you were saying, Gabe, bigger budgeted films, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where a lot of the effects look like crap. Yet mm -hmm. here you've got this guy who has every scene is special effects from from when we see Chappie at first to, to the very end, there's a special effects shot in every scene. I mean, Chappie gets set on fire by kids, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. And the special effects in that blew my mind away. And so I'm like, yes, Neil keeps his tradition at least of special effects looking good. Well, the, uh, I don't think he used I, – I think – I mean, obviously he used special effects in every scene because of Chappie, but I thought it was a little bit toned down from Elysium. Elysium had well, yeah. a well, freaking yeah. grip, like all those crazy <laughs> weapon effects and all that stuff. It was like – which, like I was saying, Neil Blomkamp needs to you know, work for the U.S. government or something. I'm like, he needs to be like an imaginary like, – I mean, I know a lot of it stole from like Robotech and anime and all that stuff, but it's like, God, some of that stuff is so cool. <laughs> So I think I think one of the one of the final things we should talk about tonight is something that almost every criticism I've seen and e e people I you know what where does the line come to where it's a ripoff 
versus an influence or an homage to. Because everybody said that Chappie is a ripoff of Short Circuit 2. It's a ripoff of a half a dozen other films. But then again, for me, if you think back at all the other big budget films, even our beloved Guardians of the Galaxy, how much it has borrowed from other films. So why does Guardians of the Galaxy get a pass when if you look at the themes, they hit like every other sci-fi common story ever, yet Chappie does it, and everybody's like, oh, well, this is just a ripoff of Short Circuit 2. They're not remaking Short Circuit 2 at least, so what's the big deal? Uh, Open to anybody. Where's this line that it goes from homage or influence to ripoff? Well, at the beginning of the film, if it doesn't have that little logo that says Marvel, then it doesn't work. <laughs> well, well said, Paul. What about uh, you, Tony? What, what, where is that line? Because that's like the biggest criticism of this is like, oh, it's just Short Circuit 2. I'm like, they're not remaking it, though. There are different themes here, but where does that line go? Because Guardians, that's every other sci-fi film. Wouldn't you agree or disagree? Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's a ripoff at all. Um, that's one thing I would say I disagree on with the other critics saying how it rips off um, RoboCop or like I haven't seen Short Circuit, but like I have seen clips on YouTube mm-hmm. for the movie. And um, yeah, like you could take ideas, but you you could like make it into your own. And that's what I felt what Neil Blomkamp did with um. You know that that giant um I forgot what it was called that giant machine that Hugh Jackman used towards the end yeah, like um the you know that kind of resembled the one in RoboCop but Neil Blomkamp he used it into something more like uh one it had like that big cloth thing in which you saw like gangster get chopped off in half with that <laughs> thing <laughs> so um yeah Neil Blomkamp uh he. He really is inspired. He takes things that inspires him, and he doesn't rip them off. He makes it his own. So I have to disagree on the whole ripping off thing. Yeah. What about you, Gabe? Would you? Where's that fine line? And is this rip off or influence? It's purely influence. Purely. I mean, let's look at something like uh, Indiana Jones. How when that came out, oh my god, this is amazing. This is a, the most original thing I've ever seen. Bullshit! <laughs> if you look at the movies that, or the serials that inspired Indiana Jones, he literally takes shot for shot and remakes it and turns it into his own. The same thing with Chappie. I mean, Neil Blancamp was, uh, of course, inspired by, I would say, Rumble Cop and, and Short Circuit. It has that similar story, but. It does not feel like a ripoff. I've seen Short Circuit 1 and 2. I, I enjoy them. They're, they're definitely movies from my childhood. And, and to, to be honest, it wasn't until I got home and started looking at the reviews, and even our friend Scott, uh, you know, he hates the movie because he sees it as a Short Circuit ripoff. I never once even thought about Short Circuit. When I saw the trailers, yes, I, oh, you know, it's kind of similar to... Short circuit, but when I saw the movie, that movie didn't even, that didn't even enter my mind. Mm-hmm. It really felt like ah, my I lost my, <laughs> my <laughs> little budge. Um, 
it felt like its own story. It had its own uh, emotional tone, its own... Uh, I think people just need to take a chill pill. Understand <laughs> that it is not easy to make something original. And that pretty much everything that comes out nowadays is inspired by something. Now, if Chucky uh, was walking or rolling on little... Uh, uh, if yeah, he had wheels on his feet... And if he started singing, if he started dancing to the Bee Gees, then yeah, I would, <laughs> I, I would definitely say there's a problem there. But this you movie mean, was clearly inspired. I mean, you know, and and it's not like he had built-in weapons; he had to use weapons. So, yeah. you know, you can argue and say it's a rip-off, but I, I think, I think people say that to justify their reason for not liking the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see that. If you don't like the movie, just you don't like the movie, uh, you know. And I, it, it, it's not just move this movie. There's other movies that have come out as too, where people say, "Oh, this is a rip off to this." But then you get another movie which they liked, and they say, "Oh, this is an homage to this one." And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you're saying this movie now? If they would have had Chappie running towards Moose, and they were playing, "I need a hero." From the '80s, okay, yeah. then, then I can see, yeah, okay, you're you're ripping off. Like you said, they design him a lot more, you, but it really didn't have that feel good feel that that short circuit did. It, it was dark. Uh, it's dark, yeah. The, the, the movie does have a little humor, but when it gets to the action, it's bloody, it's violent. There's nothing funny about it. The no. uh, gets shot to hell. Uh, so there's one of your main characters, whether you like her or not. She dies, you know, and she's reborn into a machine. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's not a short circuit. That was purely a comedy. That was a feel-good movie. This has aspects of being a feel-good movie, but it is dark. It is disturbing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I like the fact that it's really low. And trust me, that didn't stop little kids from going to the TV screen, <laughs> including the stupid-ass little kid who kept saying. Daddy, you see the Daddy, did that one die? He's like, shut the... But, um... <laughs> but, um... <laughs> look at Tony's face, man. I think, I think yeah, you're killing Tony. Like a completely different movie. <laughs> Paul, uh, uh... Sorry, Joe, uh, we'll get you for... Uh, rip-off or influence... Did Chappie uh, cross the line, or is, is that criticism nah, hard? It's, it's just like every AI movie. I mean, it has elements of every AI movie, a lot of RoboCop in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you RoboCop was another one with a lot of broad satirical sp- strokes. So, I oh, mean, of God, course yeah. it's going to have some of that in it. You know, I mean, if you're dealing with military – I mean, he's a robot that's a cop. I mean, first of all, uh, of course, so you got right there, RoboCop comparison. I think, like Gabe said, though, it's kind of used a little bit as like a leverage tool to make people's cases against it. Mm-hmm. Because really what you had is a film that obviously took some care to make. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he had, he had a convinced Sony, a mega corporation to let Diane work star in this, like, yeah. how much did it cost to make $100 million at least, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, they had to convince him of that. I mean, it's just, I think Neil Blomkamp, like he said, I'm an artist. It's like I'm a director second. It's That's kind of the way I see it. So even though it's not perfect, you got to appreciate it on certain levels because people are going to watch it. People are going to ask questions about AI. It's going to, you know, younger people are going to look at it, you know, maybe ask some questions about life and death, whatever. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of broad strokes. It's kind of in your face. But 
at the end of the day, like Gabe said, people just need to chill because it's better than probably 85% of the movies that come in theaters. So, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, they enjoy yourself. I'm on the mood. Mm-hmm. And the thing... This, this thing no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go, well, no. I was going to say also the comparison with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and the... Uh, getting so much uh, slack and so much love, I mean, so much love, and then this one, they're, they're completely aesthetically different movies. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of like Buck Rogers and rips from that sort of, like, vein of things, Star Wars, all that crap. But this has that, you know, Japanese animation and more of, like, mm-hmm. a global feel to it. And I think they both borrow from a lot of stuff. I think the Marvel stuff definitely gets a little bit of a pass card because of the name <laughs> brand. And, I, I mean, they do work a lot into those Marvel films, too. I don't think they're low quality at all but oh no i i wasn't insulting i was insulting guardians at all but i was just saying that but that like the two films that i was thinking of was guardians and edge of tomorrow because edge Mm -hmm. of tomorrow was a good movie a lot of people like that movie but it's a thing we've seen a million times also yeah and and if you watch chappie it's a thing we've seen yeah a million in one times also but was it a good movie i still think it's a pretty decent movie you know (laughs) paul what about you i mean you you get grindhouse that comes out everybody loves Yep. And no, it's not ripping off. It's an homage. Chappie. Oh man, they're ripping off Short Circuit too. I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, that Chappie is a total ripoff, but I still <laughs> loved it. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care in this particular case because he told a good story. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's if, what I'm going with. If you you've got a good story you want to tell or put a different spin on it, you know. I, and I'm guilty of it as well. I, I've called some movies ripoffs and that. I try not to unless it really is blatant. And this one definitely had those influences, and, and more so than much. It, it, most, You know, it's funny. is Take Chappie, make him a human, or make him a clone that maybe advances faster than most, and then see what people say. You could do the exact same thing. With Channing Tatum. But with Channing Tatum. <laughs> He's kind of like a robot anyway. So. God, with Kenny Pato. Thanks, thanks, Paul. You just you just completely blew that up. Thanks. I'll be the sequel. Yeah, I'll be the sequel. Channing Tatum, the clone. Still watching. Uh, drink every time one of us mentions Channing Tatum. Let's see how we <laughs> right here. There you he, go. He, he's the queen's uh, dog, <laughs> master dog. <laughs> So uh, I, I think even I kinda, though I kind of like Jupiter sending myself. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was, that was another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, them ears, man! Uh, but <laughs> you can't do pointed ears in sci-fi. That's no. ripping off people. When you that's do the pointed ears thing, that's like especially now. That's like on sacred territory. You know what I mean? It's like that's like the ultimate ripoff. I mean, don't do the pointed ears. That's just nobody like, can do. But, but Chappie had pointed ears. Look at Kingsman, for example. That movie took like the ultra-violence from the movie Kick-Ass, but yeah, it still made its, it turn its own elements like to stand alone, yeah. to stand on, on its yeah. own. And, and that's where I'm at. And I, I, I try more in my reviews, especially since I've been doing this longer now, uh, going back and looking at it going, wow, uh, you know, where was I going with that? Because there is, unless you're blatantly, okay, Psycho, uh, Gus Van Sant's shot-for-shot remake of Psycho, that's a ripoff. 
Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the definition. <laughs> that is the Honey, um, I had to pay my bills. <laughs> I, I I'm too lazy to come up with the idea. <gasps> I got it. I'm gonna do a shot for shot movie, a psycho, get Vince Vaughn, and I'm gonna release it. That'll make us but, big bucks, baby. But but then when you get to the the actual famous scene at the end, then I'm going to change it. When we get to killing her. <laughs> I'm going to completely change that part, but everything else is going to be shot for shot. Okay, that that film right there, if you want a definition of a true ripoff, that's a, ri- that's a ripoff, okay? <laughs> Chappie, uh, I can see where Paul's coming from, and I can see where the criticism is, but for me, I think there's influences. Uh, it's sci-fi, and so sci-fi is really, if you go into the books and movies, all been done before. We're going to see these oh, themes. Yeah. They're common themes, but it's how it's presented. And for me, just like I'm with Gabe, it presented these themes in an entertaining way that sparked me thinking about things in conversations. And, and then near the end, I started thinking, oh, look, hey, look, Chappie gave birth to Skynet. You know? I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the ending because it wasn't the typical ending. Because, you know, every, you guys got to say everyone expected you to – have the end where he was going to die and then he downloaded it in the computer at the end. Right? right, yeah. Right, but that didn't quite happen. They changed it up a little bit. And I, like I, I said, they, I think they were just showing like how even though it was released in the wild, the AI, right away it started taking control. Because at the end of the movie, it had control of that mill. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was not like in a, like offensive, I'm going to destroy humans way, but they sure were doubling their numbers pretty quick <laughs> once they had survived the initial... I mean, he wasn't going to live past five days, and by the end of the movie, he had two siblings, and, you know, <laughs> so I, I think that what they were showing was even through all that crap, I mean, it was going to exist. No, and they would have done that with any other AI movie, piece, but it would have shown up on a computer screen at the end or something, you know. Yeah, and that's the final point with the film. It definitely ends on that existential note. I mean, they hint at it throughout, talking about the soul, and Chappie wondering about his soul, and then he downloads the soul, and we get a digital representation of the consciousness. <laughs> and we get that at the end. I liked how it ended. Uh, you know, I didn't expect her to actually be in the. Th- I thought he might do it, but we didn't see it. So then I'm like, oh, okay, he didn't download her. And then at the end, when we see the thumb drive, I'm like, oh, he did. Okay, yeah. that's, you know. And, and then they were actually successful because I almost didn't think they were going to be successful with Professor Man. Uh, you know, coming back. I, I didn't actually think they'd be uh, successful in that, but you, there's some ex- existential, more existential stuff near the end of that as well as what makes up a man or what makes up a human, you know, versus the robot. Uh, and there's that debate you can get to as well, which again is another theme we've seen in sci-fi. So, well, the, um, another, one more point. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I think that I think I think uh, they were trying to show too that Chappie was. Actually, a normal he was a normal soul. He was a normal like yeah. he was human level intelligence, whatever. Because as soon as the maker went into a body of the robot, they're basically equals. You know, what I mean, at that point, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like he was like there was he was just like a human soul, but it was designed on a computer or something like that. I guess that's what I would say. Yeah, I could see I could see that as well. Where where the creator now became. And then the next step was the a next step in evolution, obviously, because. Yeah. They created, like, the emotional face, you know, the face okay. that could show emotion. Uh, one thing I do have to say is who here expected when they were going to upload Chappie that he was going to upload to every single robot 
(laughs) every single uh, police robot. Like, it was going to be Chappie's times... A hundred. That's what I, I, I mean. kind of. I kind of expected that. <laughs> what about you, Gabe? Did you think that a little? Think maybe they were going for that? I did. I did. You just they have all these uh, all these chappies that want to read the same book. <laughs> <laughs> They're all fighting over the same golden book. The same book, you know. Listening, listening to gangster rap, you know. <laughs> Doing the whole, you know, thing with the face. Yeah, thing with the face. But oh, yeah, did, did anyone like the part where they're just walking in slow-mo while their pop songs are just yeah. playing in the background? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was stolen from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that was stolen from Ooh, ooh. Uh, but yeah, the, the movie. It felt like a, a gigantic advertisement for Die Antwoord. It's like yeah. it's yeah. hilarious how the, every every music playing in the background is there. So yeah. it's it's you know I, I don't know. It makes you wonder if the characters are listening to that or if that's just simply a you know like a, a post production thing. But well, that's they, all the artwork too. All yeah. Stuff. Like but they're listening up. to the music, there's some narcissistic sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they are, Diane would definitely were an uh, interesting choice. Uh, you know, and some people didn't like them. I, I liked them. I actually liked her. I thought she was oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm she like, was great. I, I actually like Yolandi. Um, Yolandi that surprised yeah. me because yeah. the trailer, I'm all like, I don't know if I like that one, but. Well, actually, before Chappie, I'm all like, gosh, he's fucking annoying. But then once you got into Chappie, I'm all like, huh, why is she somehow the only, I guess, quote-unquote gangster? She doesn't really do that shit, but I, uh, she's like the only one out of the three that I actually gave a damn about, surprisingly. I tell you what, I want Yolandi to be cast in the Blade Runner 2 sequel yeah. uh, because I looked at her going, oh, my God, she's a replicant. She, yep, yeah. she would be totally cool as a new modern replicant. I, I, I just, but uh, and there's another film that that borrowed from things. So, uh, but, about, about the soul thing though, yeah, they they really, if if I would have hated the movie if they gave if if Chappie was in all of the robots because they spent the entire movie making him yeah. special that he had yeah. a soul. If they gave mm-hmm. it to everybody, it would destroy the entire message, and I would have yeah. just said. Well, that's a good that's a good point because that's why they probably didn't do the whole like proliferate on the internet thing at the end, you know. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought that was going to be the route they're going, especially when he saw the billboard. And he's like, "What is internet or whatever?" Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I was like, "That's going to come in later in the play." <laughs> it was the I, the product placement I liked was when the guy's like, "Take these," and he just pointed to the wall of PS4s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so like, Take these. The gangster guy or whatever I was like, yeah. Dude, that's a wall of PS4s, and then they're like, the furry yeah. that you can create that's, like, uh, you know, Sony souls film? using the computing power of a PS4. It, 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 is, it is a Sony movie, after ah, all. It's at home, and transfer your soul to the internet. It's the only <laughs> time, though. No, that's no Blanc Cap's way of saying, PS4 is awesome, kids, so please grab Red it. Bull, the Red Bull line, too, was, what was that? Give yeah. me a Red Bull. I was yeah, like, yeah, Sony stock in Red Bull? <laughs> But why did the human consciousness look like VGA graphics yeah, with right. little squares? <laughs> it's just like, oh my god! All of our souls are only eight-bit games. Exactly. <laughs> Nintendo. What's a Nintendo game? Oh, yeah, my soul's more like Atari Racer. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I think we're going to wrap it up here tonight, uh, gentlemen. Uh, as you can see, I hope we've given you some more insight, more food to thought on Chappie besides all the criticism that it's getting. Please only use Rotten Tomatoes as a general reference, if that. Do not let it determine which films you actually go see, but maybe give you a little impression of what you might be in for, because yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, we've done podcasts and discussions before, they're off, and I think a number of people are off on this film for a number of reasons we already talked about tonight. So I hope I've given you some insight on Chappie. Let's go down real quick like we always do and pimp our stuff. Gabe, uh, where can people find your stuff, sir? Uh, so you can search for me, Stuff Burrito Entertainment. Uh, there's a story behind that. Um, just search Stuff Burrito Entertainment, and uh, you'll see that I am the most inconsistent YouTuber in history. But once in a while, once in a while, I'll give you a video where I talk about, you know, the movies that I've seen in the past month. Uh, you know, I'm going to start talking about, more about comics. Um, some TV stuff, you know, once in a while you get a video from me, so, you know, give me a sub, and I might surprise you one day, you'll, you'll get a heart attack when you say, hey, that guy makes videos. Also, um, check out Relive Film here on YouTube, uh, much like Mark uh, uh, does his segment. I'm, I might start my own segment soon, I don't know, but I am uh, on various videos there, so Relive Film, Stop for real entertainment. There you go. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. And Joe? Um, I can be found at the website down below my name. Yeah, just uh, I'm Wheeler Film also sometimes. Uh, I've done videos with Gabe. I've done videos with Mark. Uh, I'm littering the internet with my crap. So, <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. I, I do some different types of movies. So, I'm the kind of crazy guy that likes Chappie and Elysium. So, yeah. Come over to my channel and <laughs> we'll start a support group of people who enjoy Chappie. Uh, <laughs> Paul, what about you, sir? Uh, when I'm not uh, watching Channing Tatum, <laughs> you can find me at ForsakenFilmReviews.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm going to put a description in this audio podcast of do a drinking game every time we mention Channing Tatum tonight. Uh, <laughs> people will be drunk within the first half hour. And uh, Tony, where can we find you at? Go, sir. Well, of course, you guys could find me at the usual. I'm all over social media. Facebook.com slash 22TigerDude. Give it a like if you want to see me share my videos and my updates. Of course, if you want to see my SpongeBob reviews, my movie reviews, and all that good stuff, go to my YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash 22TigerDude. If you want to get my wacky, crazy pictures, you can go to my Instagram at 22TigerDude. And... Oh, once in a while, if I feel like tweeting, uh, Twitter at TigerDude22. Awesome. And you can find all these fantastic folks. I will be adding the Stuffed Burrito Entertainment link to the Special Mark Productions homepage, specialmarkproductions.com. There's a link down below that's Friends of Special Mark Productions where you can find all these wonderful people's links and even some of my stuff if you're bored. Uh, I've got a link there for my WeLiveFilm.com playlist where I've got all my We Live Film segments on the playlist. Uh, you can choose what you want to play. And then uh, also the final cut, I do my own movie review show occasionally. 
as well as featuring a lot more independent films this year. And, of course, you can find here the Spoiler Room Archive, where you can find all our Spoiler Room podcasts previous to here. And uh, I hope you can check that out. There's also a forum there, uh, SMP Forum. Please go there and add yourself and put some comments on what you think about these episodes. If you're on iTunes, please vote and give us a rating. We'd really appreciate that. And we're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. We thank you so much for listening to the Spoiler Room, where in the Spoiler Room, the discussion is always fresh, but the films are definitely spoiled. Spoiled.